happened and how that relates to us today as women. So created by God himself, Eve, Eve was formed um, from the rib of a man, Adam, and uh, she was brought into existence. Uh, she had all the things she needed in the garden. There was nothing that she, that she wanted for. There was everything there. Everything was provided for her. God himself even planned the wedding ceremony, which I thought was kind of cool when I thought about that because he made the perfect man. He made the perfect woman. He walked the perfect woman down the aisle and gave her away to the man. So, um, so this is the first wedding, and I'm sure it was amazing. I can just imagine what that would have looked like. And Adam and Eve were without sin. Um, their characters, like their bodies, were unblemished by disease and, and death. And they were free from pain and suffering, and they enjoyed unlimited access to God's wonderful presence. Can you imagine that? Like, they really did. They, they experienced what it was like to actually dwell with God, that God was with them. They, they had full access to him any time. So, um, and then we see the introduction of Satan in Genesis 3. Um, and yes, it was Satan, and I'll, I'll talk about that later in terms of why we see this as Satan, but we see the introduction of the first lie. So I'm just going to read this, and I'm not, I don't have any PowerPoint stuff, sorry about that, I'm just not, I don't know how to do it. <laughs> so that's why we don't have any, Jay always, Pastor Jay always does his own, so. Um, it says in Genesis 3, 1 to 7, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat, from, eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God said you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will, you will not surely die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So I, I, if you even sort of listened to that, as I was reading it, I thought, how sly was the enemy? I just like really, you know, just chill, just kind of slipping that in there. And then when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. So the fruit looked good to eat. It was also intriguing and interesting, kind of intrigued her. Um, possibly, I've read in some accounts that it was probably very appealing, you know, to the eye in terms of being drawn to it. Um, and she took the bait and she cooperated with the lie. And that's, that's what I want to talk about today, how Eve cooperated with the lie. Um, she also gave her hus uh, some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. And you know what, guys? Adam was right there. Adam was right there. Um, so some people have said, like, you know, how they've gotten into sort of like Adam bashing or Eve bashing and this, this whole thing. But you know what? Um, they were both participants uh, in this little sin, big sin. Um, and we see that Eve was there, but Adam was present. Adam was present when this was all going on. Um, and then in verse 7, it says, Then the eyes of both of them were open as they, as they took and ate, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. So all this time, they never noticed that they were naked. They never noticed any of that. They walked the garden, they had freedom, um, and they never noticed their nakedness, but then they noticed their nakedness. They noticed their imperfections, they noticed their flesh. Um, their eyes were on themselves, but not God. This opened their eyes to their shame and their guilt. And before that, they, knew no, they didn't even know any guilt or shame with each other. They had no guilt or shame even between each other at that point. They, they had no guilt or shame with God. But their eyes were open to their guilt and shame after, they, uh, after, they cooperated, after she cooperated with the lie and then, then dove into sin. So Eve cooperated with Satan's lies and fell into sin. And um, 
So what I want to show you today is the difference between the lie and the truth. See, God's word is an essential part of our armor against Satan's attacks. So we need to know God's word really well. And uh, it says in Psalm 1911, it says, I have stored up your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. And you know, that, that's a scripture that I've often thought about over my years because I thought, you know what, if you s- listen to this, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not stand against you. That protects us. His word protects us. It brings protection. So let's bring this back a little bit to some of the things I mentioned at the beginning. Okay, so with women, an increase of self-harming behaviors, preoccupation with body image, eating disorders, anxiety, depression, self-loathing, self-hatred, not feeling valued, (laughs) all those things. And I mean, I think if we can be honest as women today, we can, and, you know, I'm, I'm sorry if I seem to be speaking to them, but guys, this does apply to you too. So, you know, but I think that if I can really, if you can really be honest with yourself, you felt this somewhere, sometime in your lifetime, you know, whether you're older, younger, whatever. Um, and I, like I said, I know men can experience these things too, but however, I do believe that the enemy tempts us as women in these areas, um, especially in the area of feeling valued. I've heard so many women talk about that and share those things over over the years so um satan chose to target eve in those areas and and you know adam was present but satan chose to tempt her and when he noticed her cooperating he just went right for the jugular right so it was like you know she cooperated and she's like you know like satan's delivery was sly with her you know he was there he was like giving her a little you know sort of temptation and she was like well you know and and then bang then she just kind of went right in for it so um so she ate the fruit and she acted on the lies right so one of the things i think was is really important for us is to know the difference between truth and lies now if you guys are really honest do you think that you know the difference between truth and lies like honestly like do you guys feel that you do let me see a show of hands or whatever do you think you know the difference between truth and lies Okay, well, that's good. So we're going to, we, I hope you do, um, but we're going to just look at some um, of the difference because it's like it's good to recognize them by knowing the character of the one who speaks them, right? So um, we're going to talk about God's character for a minute. Um, and I'm going to compare the two. So God, so we're, this here, by the way, is, was, given, uh, was made up by uh, Joyce Phelps for the Sunday School, uh, and I think it's really awesome. Um, so uh, I asked her if I could use this today because I just think it's, gonna, it's a good representation of God for us, too, to see on the stage here. But God, the one thing that God cannot do, there is one thing that he cannot do, and that is lie. He cannot, he absolutely cannot lie. It says he is the truth. His name is truth in John fourteen six, It says, I am the way and the truth and the life. God was not created. He is the creator. Okay, in Revelation 1.8, it says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. So, God, is, God has no beginning and he has no end. He has always been and always will be. He's all-powerful, all-knowing, and he's everywhere. He is spirit. Hebrews 4.12.13 says, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than a sharpest two-edged sword, Cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow, it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Nothing is hidden from God. So the reason why I pulled this scripture is because I think that it shows right there that he is everywhere. He is all-knowing. Because it says it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Nothing is hidden from God. So he knows our thoughts. 
He knows our hearts. Nothing is hidden from him. Jesus spoke of him in Matthew 9 and, and 2 as well. There's sort of another example here. Um, when he told the paralyzed man, be encouraged, my child, your sins are forgiven. forgiven. And all the teachers of the law were sitting there thinking, that's blasphemy. That's blasphemy. And Jesus then said to them, why do you have such evil thoughts in your heart? So again, it shows that he knew their thoughts. He knew their hearts. So God does know that. He is present everywhere. He knows your thoughts and he knows your heart. And that's important to know about the character of God, right? So now we're going to compare that to Satan and lies, okay? So the reason why I said that earlier, I was going to say that this is why I, I, this was Satan present in the garden, even though it was spoken of as, ser- as a serpent. It's because he did tell a lie. He was lying. And Jesus said in, in John eight forty four, he was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. And when he lies, it is consistent with his character. I thought that was really neat the way that was worded. It is consistent with his character, for he is the father of lies. He is the father of lies, okay? God himself created Satan. He is a created being. He had a beginning, and he has an end too. In Revelation 20.10, it says he will be thrown into a fiery lake of burning sulfur. Yeah, that kind of sounds like an end to me. He's not all-powerful. He's not all-knowing, and he's not everywhere. He's referred to as the prince of this world. And when Jesus opens our eyes to his glory and saves us, when we become Christians, accept Jesus in our hearts, we come under his ownership, okay? We're no longer slaves to Satan. We are new creations in Christ, okay? And share his victory over the enemy that he won on the cross, right? Satan opposes the gospel by seeking to keep men from salvation in Jesus Christ, Important to know this about his character. When we see the parable of the, uh, the sower uh, and the seed, it says in Luke 8, 11, 12, it, you can read it, um, it says, and those beside the road and all those who heard, when the devil comes and takes away the word from their heart so that they may not believe and be saved. So we see in Scripture that that's part of the en- enemy's purpose, to keep us from salvation, to keep people from salvation, right? So we definitely see the difference between God's character and Satan's character, right? We see the difference between the two. So let's go back to the lies. And we know they're lies, guys. We know that they're lies, okay? But we cooperate with a lot of lies. I really do believe that, you know, sometimes even as Christians or believers or non-Christians, I think that we tend to um, massage the lies, you know, we tend to let them stay around for a while. We cooperate with them. Cooperate means to be compliant, uh, to, not, uh, to work together towards uh, a common end or purpose. That's what the, the definition of cooperate is. And we do do that. I think that not only as women, because we do that as girls and women, we do cooperate with lies, but men, you do too. And there's other areas that you would cooperate probably with him that maybe that's different than women. So what do we do instead of cooperating with the lie? We pursue the truth. We pursue the truth. In Ephesians 6.14, it says, Stand therefore, having, having fastened on the belt of truth. And it's something that we have to do. We actually have to physically fasten on the belt of truth. It's not always going to come easy for us, but it's always something that we're going to have to physically do, I believe. We need to find verses in his word, in his word, and there's all the books of the Bible right there <laughs> in his word that counter the lies that the enemy is using to get us to cooperate with. So when we're hearing and we hear the enemy speaking lies, we go back to the word of God, the truth, and we find those verses 
that we can use to counterattack those lies. <clears throat> and as we remember back to Roger Sav, I found it interesting that he made those cards, eh? Those, uh, those cards that he had with the scripture verses on them for healing. Because there's many times that you have to continue to remind yourself of the truth so you do not cooperate with lies about healing and about other things in your life, right? So don't cooperate with the truth, okay? Part of the lie that Satan got Eve to cooperate with is that God is not enough. It's not enough, right? He challenged the goodness of God head on with Eve. He went and he just challenged it right on, okay? He didn't know how to read Eve's thoughts because we can see that he didn't. He doesn't know how to do that, okay? But he tempted her with things that he thought he thought would be good to tempt her with, okay? There's nothing that you need in life. Women, men, nothing that you need in life that God himself cannot fill. I know that as I have walked, you know, and I'm not that old yet, I don't think, but I, I'm getting up there. Um, you know, there's lots of times where I've thought, you know, I've looked for things and I've sought out things and I felt empty and I felt, I felt like I, I, I don't have anything to offer and I felt, I, feel, I, I felt not valued and all those things. But I'll tell you what, over the years, I have seen for myself that nothing that I have ever sought out has filled that void more than God will ever fill it for me. And that's true. He's the only one that can make you feel valued. So that when you're standing in front of a mirror, especially ladies, I know that this, you know, this definitely rings maybe true, looking at yourself or you're alone in your quiet moments and the enemy starts with his onslaught of lies to you, do not cooperate. Put them down right away. Okay? Speak the truth of God's word over yourself. You see, when we cooperate with those lies, that leads us to sin. And that, and, that leads us, and that leads to bondage. And a lot of times we don't, we, you know, I've heard people say, I know that there's a lady who teaches kids ministry, and she said that, you know, when she talks about sin, she'll say um, to kids, she'll start off with this little cute little kitty cat and say, like, it, you know, sin starts to look like this, but then it becomes a roaring lion. It becomes out of control. And I think that when we cooperate with lies, that's what it feels like at the beginning. It's just like this little, it's, it's not, it's harmless. We're not really doing anything. You know, we're not falling into sin, you know, but we are cooperating. You know, we are cooperating. And I think that when we don't, you know, when we cooperate with lies, it does, you know, the whole sin and bondage thing, it leads to things like this. When you don't feel valued, you can't value others. And so when you fall into the sin of, of, of not feeling valued and, and listening and cooperating with those lies, it leads to sins like gossip and hatred and bitterness, you know, and then when you, when you cooperate with lies about your body, I'm not perfect, I don't, you know, I see so much of this, I mean, I have teenage girls, so I see a lot of this, but, you know, I know that, you know, it's like, <laughs> some girls will like probably understand what I'm saying, I don't have a thigh gap, and I don't have all these things that I'm looking for in my body, I have a tooth out of place, I have, you know, my hair is terrible, all these kind of things, you cooperate with those lies, those are lies that you cooperate with. And those kind of lies do lead to sin. And they lead to sin like sexual immorality. They lead to sin like self-harm and, and broken relationships. So, you know, those, those things, those lies that we cooperate might seem so small and they might seem so, well, they're very self-centered really, but, you know, they, they seem small at the beginning, but then they rage out of control. And then before you know it, you are in bondage to that. So... Yes, they are lies, plain and simple. Bottom line, they're lies. All those things are lies. Here's a quote from a book that I've read. 
sorry, I don't know the name of the author, but <clears throat> our view of ourselves either enables us to do what God has created us to do or it limits us from becoming all he means for us to be. It's critical that you dismantle any lies that you may believe about yourself. Because if you don't dismantle lies and you continue to cooperate with those lies, you will not become all God wants you to be. Right? It says in John 8.32, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. The truth. Really think about that. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Okay? When we know the truth and we are set free, we don't need one person to tell us, not anybody to tell us we're valued, not anybody to tell you you're a good wife or you're a good mother, not anybody to tell you you're beautiful, so you're smart or you're talented. You don't need anybody to tell you that. I know over the years for myself, um, especially when I was younger, uh, I got married when I was like 18, and we went into the ministry pretty much right away. Um, and so we traveled a lot. And I was on stage a lot. And I absolutely, positively hated being on stage. It, it made my skin crawl because I couldn't stand everybody looking at me. I hated that feeling, you know. And over the years, as I continued to draw closer to the Lord, and I kept thinking and seeing for myself that I, I found my value in him, right, um, I could really give a rip what people thought. And I don't, because it's not people that matter, it's, he that, it's him that matters, right? So every time I need to see, every time I look at the cross, I see my value. You ladies out here, every time you look at the cross and you see what Jesus accomplished for you, what he did for you, what he did for you, think about that. He went to the cross, but before that, we talk about, you know, Pastor Jay talked even a bit about that for praying for healing. He took the stripes. He took that beating. He took that for you. You are of value to him. It's of no, it's, it's no coincidence that you know him at this, at this point in your life. And, you, and he values you so much that he did that. And I know that sounds cliche, but I want you to take today to meditate on that and to think about that, the price that he paid because he valued you, right? Not only that, we are joint heirs with Jesus. It says in Romans 8, 7, we are joint heirs with Jesus. I am joined with him to receive all God has for me, right? So we are joined and we, can, we receive everything, all those blessings, and every time I think, and I know that there's people that I've heard say this, and I want to encourage you today. Every time you think that you have nothing to offer your family or the body of Christ here, you're wrong. Because Jesus, God, has a plan and purpose for you. And I want to say that um, just as being a pastor here on staff, I see many of you come in and put time in here that nobody sees. Nobody sees. And little things and I don't want to point this out to this particular person because I didn't talk to them, but then they know who you are. I remember one, uh, one week I was here, and I was so, so tired. And um, I was just like, the one thing that was left <laughs> to do was to put plants outside uh, in the two little urns that are on the front that when you come in. There was dead things in there. And I thought, God, I just don't have any energy, none at all. This was just before Easter. And all of a sudden, I come in the next morning, and there's beautiful new flowers in there. That blessed me beyond. I can't even tell you how much that blessed me. Because when I left, I was so weary. And I found out, uh, I had asked Carolyn and Bob Brush, I said, did you? No, we didn't do that. And I'm like, I know who did after. 
And I know that that was a little thing, but in the body of Christ, people, that is a huge thing. Because everything, we're taking care of the house, we're taking care of one another. Every one of you ladies that are sitting here today have a plan and a purpose. And you're needed in the body of Christ, right? So don't let the enemy feed you those lies and don't cooperate with the lies that you are of no value here or at home or any place else because you are of great value. You know, as I give, as I give my life to him and listen to his word and apply it to my life, I see more and more that I matter so much to him and that's all that matters. You know, and I think that um, that's the most important thing I think we need to do. We need to learn how to apply this to our lives and not listen to this and not cooperate with this anymore. So if you're sitting here today and you've, you've struggled with feeling mm, like, sorry, crap, maybe that's the good word to say, <laughs> and that's the way he makes you feel, recognize those lies and do not cooperate them anymore. Bring the truth right in. Because you know what? You want to be all God has met for you to be, and you will not if you, if you keep cooperating with lies right? There's one thing that C.S. Lewis wrote, and that's what I'm sort of going to finish it off with this morning. Um, The almost impossible thing is to hand over your whole self, all your wishes and precautions to Christ. Until you have given up yourself to him, you will not have a real self. And I think that is so, so neat because part of, and I think that that's part of the mystery of it all, eh, is actually dying to yourself and living for Christ. And dying and and not cooperating with lies and listening to the truth is just that. You will have life and life more abundantly. Life more abundantly, you know, if you just hand all that over to him and just uh, apply the truth to your life, right? So ladies, no more lies. No more cooperating with lies. Don't cooperate with lies like Eve did. It didn't. She didn't end up in a very good place, you know. And we see the turmoil after in Scripture of what she had to go through, the hardships in life. And then we see the Savior Jesus coming, came, and for us. So we are of value. So, and I just want to say to each one of you, a blessing on you all and your fans. I know almost all of you, and uh, personally, and, uh, you know, God has a big plan and a purpose for you. So don't let those lies take that down. So. Okay, thank you. (laughs) So let's stand. Let's pray this morning. God, I just thank you and praise you. You are so good, God. And thank you for each woman here, Lord. God, I pray today that they'd go and that they would enjoy the goodness of you, Father, that they would enjoy all you have.